Um, we were just talking uh, before press record, and you're giving me too much of your story already, so I had to interrupt you and stop it. Um, we were talking about how we have no clue how we found each other with the gift of social media. And then just last week, we found out that we are separated by about probably what, 60 miles, but like 17 hours of New Jersey traffic because the flow of this state makes absolutely no sense. Um, but nevertheless, Raf, uh, I'm not even going to try and tell your story. I'm going to let you take it away, introduce yourself, and thank you for joining me, man. No, thank you. And yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the conversation was just rolling. Uh, so we missed some gold, but we can get it back. So Raphael Garay, I'm 38 years old, uh, full-time entrepreneur and business coach, um, born and raised in New Jersey. My story is, is really interesting. How I came to become a business coach was really, I think any coach learns things throughout their lifetime. It usually starts with some type of stumble that you take in your life. You take a stumble and then you try to figure it out. You try to pick yourself up. You try to dust yourself off. You're figuring out things. And then all of a sudden you hit this epiphany and things start to click and you have this breakthrough moment. And for me, when I hit that breakthrough moment, I turned around and I looked back at everything in my life and I said, how can I pay this forward? How could I take the lessons that I've learned throughout my whole life and give this to somebody else? Because it was really deep and you know, through the course of this podcast, we can go as deep as you want into my actual story, where I come from, what I've been through. I would love to, I would love yeah. to. Yeah, it was it was some really deep lessons. And when I came out of it, it's all about how can I inspire people? I learned that everything is possible in your life. I learned that if you have the right skills and the strategy, that you can make anything happen. And when I say, if you have the right skills, you just have to build those skills. Nobody's born with all the tools in the tool belt you pick them up along the way. And so if you're motivated to go out there and feed yourself the knowledge and the information, and you refuse to believe in a plan B, if you refuse to believe in the word realistic, because so many people don't go after what they want because they don't think it's realistic, you're gonna hit your mark. And I wanted to be able to turn around and show people that, show people me as an example that anything in this world is possible. So here I am right now taking the lessons that I've learned through business, through failing at business and working a really high level corporate job. I was earning a lot of money, high six figure, multiple six figure earner and was in a place that I just totally didn't want to be. I always wanted to help people. I just didn't know how to make my business happen. And when I finally learned those tools, I thought the best gift that I can give this world or anyone else, an aspiring entrepreneur, somebody that wants to make their dream come true is to be able to take that knowledge that I've learned, give it to them and say, hey, listen, your dream is real. Let me show you how to make this happen because the best thing that you could do with your life is spend it doing the things that set your soul on fire, bar none. There's, there's nothing that comes close to that. Spend your life doing the things that set you on fire and do it alongside the people in your life that mean the most to you. And if you can build a business around the thing that you love, 
and build it to a point where you get to enjoy your life as, as you please, what's better than that? I mean, seriously, what is better than that? I don't, I don't know. For me, I'm, I'm a, a business coach. A big part of my business coaching is showing up on social media, right? So I have to have photos. I have to have videos. Guess what? My wife, the woman that I love the most in this world, like my everything, is behind the camera every single picture I take. So I'm building this. I'm building this thing with someone who absolutely means everything to me. And for that, for us to go on this journey together, there's no better blessing that I could have been given in my life. And that's what I want to be able to give through my coaching to everyone that I touch is, listen, take this and run with it and build your dream. And that's, that's why I'm here. That's why I do what I do as a business coach. So just, just a little bit about me and what I do. Um, so you let me know, what do you yeah. want to know? I'm, I'm an open book for you, my man. I love it. And that's, uh, I said, I said before we press record, just how I felt like a connection to you right away. And even in your posts, you know, it's like, uh, we always talk about feeling triggered and usually we have this like negative connotation to it where it's like, ah, the buzzword is triggered right now in, in this, in this country for sure. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of sensitivity around the world right now, but um, there's also the positive trigger where, you know, when you show up and you've got the, you're, you're talking to that camera a lot of times your stories and you're talking about, you need to show up, you need to do these, you, whatever the topic may be. It's like, you're almost like tough loving me. And I feel like you're talking right at me. And I'm sure like on the business side, you're like, that's exactly what I'm going for. It's great feedback, you know, but it's, it's funny because I'm like, I feel triggered because I'm like, that's what I should be doing. I have that capability. Why am I not doing it? Which, and then turn makes you go backwards and look within. And I'm going to try and get deeper into your story by segueing that deeper within uh, thought process to understanding when you are talking in this case to me um, and you make me look in what what did what did you have to face down in your story? Because from what I understand, the the, the early times of of Raf may have been a little bit tougher than what uh, uh, shows up today. And I think you actually had just posted about how your wife says if she saw you on the street, she wouldn't even approach you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because you look mean. And I think it's funny. I think most people think bald head with a little bit of a beard and some kind of stature. People go that person's intimidating. I love being bald, dude. I love it. Yeah, because then they find out you're like, oh, this huge teddy bear. You're like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm only five eight, so it's not like this huge guy. But I want to know kind of the early days of, of Raf and what the struggles were. And because you had mentioned before, maybe not in recording, that you had worked with mindset as a coach, and then you kind of transitioned into business. And then uh, I'm sure that all these questions and topics I have written down are going to come up through this stuff. So I'm pumped about it. But so. Yeah. I'll bring you, I'll bring you back all the way. You know, I, I used to be very shy about telling my story. It used to be something that I actually wanted to bury and interesting. And I believe I posted about this at some point too. So my wife, we've been married for three years. We've been together for about six, but as we were dating, I, I knew she was the one and I wanted her to move in with me. And I'll never forget sitting in my apartment and talking to her and saying, listen, sit down, I have something that I need to tell you. So we've been dating for eight months 
And at this point, I'm about like 31 years old. And I said, you know, there's something about my past that I want to share with you. And I shared with her my past. And she said, you know, I, she just looked at me. And of course, women know everything. <laughs> she said, I always knew there was something. I just, you know, I just didn't know it was all this. And it, it was funny because she said, you know, it's almost hard to believe because I see the person that you are now. Hmm. And what was hard to believe was the story. And the story is, I can, I can sum it up for you in about, you know, a minute and a half. It started really, I believe my life started two weeks before I was born, when my biological father was killed in a boating accident. So I never had an opportunity to meet him. But nonetheless, my, my mother buried her husband and gave birth to me two weeks later. It's probably one of the hardest things that a person would have to do in their lifetime. So growing up, my mother was my superhero, still is till this day, still at 38 years old. I still call her every day. And I always, I always just wanted to be close to her. About seven years later, she remarried my stepfather, which by the way, is an amazing man. But at the time, he was just a person who wasn't my father. And he was a, a person in the house that was trying to tell me what to do. And we had a great relationship at first. But as I headed into my stubborn teen years, he just became this guy that was, that was there, that was telling me what to do. He wasn't my dad, and it just angered me. So I started acting out. Acting out was first sneaking out of the house, then going into my teen years. I was smoking pot, hanging out with the wrong crew, getting into fights with him. And it led me down this path that just kept, expanding in darkness. I, by the age of like 18, 19, 20, was extremely violent. Those smoking pot and running around with the wrong crew turned into dealing pot and building a business around it. I had a sizable drug business. Um, my friends and I, well, my coworkers at the time were running around with guns, money, and drugs. So this wasn't, I'm dealing nickel bags. We were dealing pounds of weed. We had a big oh, business and we would go to pick up money with guns in hand, ready for anything to happen. Damn. And that led me uh, right to prison. I was incarcerated several times for 90 days here, six months here. None of it ever phased me. What phased me the most was the one day that my mother came in and as I'm sitting here, she looks at me and I never, never will forget that because she said, I'm always going to be here with you. I love you. I just can't ever come back and see you. And one thing, you know, I share my story a lot. I'm empowered by it now, but what really killed me about what she said to me is, and this is something that I don't share that often and that you probably don't see on my social media, is she looked at me and I could tell she was hurting. And she said that, you know, your father, he was this amazing man. And I wanted to die when he left. But I stayed alive because I thought I would see him again in you. 
And it makes me emotional even talking about it because when she looked at me, she said, you're not him and you need to get your shit together and you need to pick yourself up and you need to figure it out. And I'm not coming back here to see you. That moment was the lowest I've ever sunk in my life. And from there, the jets went on. I didn't care about getting in trouble. I didn't care about getting locked up. I didn't care about getting in knife fights. I didn't care about getting shot at. I cared about losing my mom. Yeah, damn. And I cried for the next three days. The next book I picked up was Tony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. <laughs> Great book. And it was the only thing that really gave me hope. I didn't have much. I had that in the Bible. We didn't have a very extended library, but I just found something self-help that I can, I can just wrap my brain around. And I said, listen, Raph, dig in. You need to, you need to make something of yourself. You are throwing your life away. You're throwing it away. And I just dug in that book and I probably read it several times. I read the Bible front to back. I started reading poetry. I started breathing. I started meditating. I started working out in my cell. And I just told myself when I get out, I'm going to be a better person. And I was depressed. I was angry. And that book led me to really studying NLP. And I dug so deep in it for 10 years. I started studying successful people. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't like, hey, I got out and things were easy. It was about a decade of me like running, running 10 feet forward and then getting slapped three feet back. And it was a struggle. But I just kept saying, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to learn. I'm going to make something of myself. I'm going to be big one of these days. And I'm going to really do it for me, but do it for my mom, do it for my dad. And I, so I became a, a mindset coach and then a business coach. I was able to climb the corporate ladder uh, at one of the largest ad agencies in the world without a degree, without any experience. And here I am right now. So that's really, that's, that's the background story. That's, that's the fuel. That's the fuel of what I do. And that's, you know, that's a, it's, it's a, it's a long period of time to try to put into a short story, but that's really the heart of who I am as an individual. And that's why I'm so driven to pay it forward. Every time that I show up on social media, every time that I talk to somebody, every time that I have an opportunity to coach somebody, they get every single piece of my heart because I want people to feel what I'm feeling in my life right now. Yeah, dude. Well, you got me captivated here. Uh, you're, you actually, you're telling your story. I mean, moms are the, they're a gift, man. Uh, you, you had my emotions turning from your story, but I had, uh, I, I struggled to call it similar, but uh, I struggled with, uh, suicide, um, for a few years at a you know earlier twenties, and uh, I'll never forget the day I could you know just like it invokes emotion in you it it brings it up for me I'll never forget the day that my mom I'm in the psych ward and they're you know they're taking the strings out of your shorts the shoelace you can't have you, they're stripping you of everything that like you never thought anything about yeah and I just remember sitting there looking at my mom like I'm hysterical she's hysterical and I'm just thinking what is this woman thinking about her son and and how I can only imagine parents are sitting there blaming themselves 
And, you know, like I'm, I'm one of those lucky son of a bitches that I got two of the most loving, caring, supportive parents in the world. And then I was blessed with a sister that may have been more supportive and, and loving to me than they were, you know, like, uh, so it, I never forget that day. I'll never, I can have that picture and I could draw it for you if I had to and ask anybody, I'm not an artist. You know, it, it was a painful moment of just going, you have to start making a different move for yourself. And like you said, it was about a decade. And that was my early twenties where I started struggling with that. And now I'm 31 and, and it's hard. It's hard. It, definitely not honky dory. You know, like every, there's always challenges and obstacles, but to sit there and think that, Oh, I think about killing myself or popping a bottle of pills or, I know, you know, even when you think about it, you go, that's not the decision you want to make. Let's move on to the next one. That's not an option. Just what's what in this case, what is plan B? <laughs> because that's the one we're going with. But uh, it's super powerful, man. Uh, I appreciate you sharing that story. Cause that's, it makes, it makes more sense of who you are and the passion you talk with. And you mentioned how you, you speak with your heart and you give your whole heart. That's obvious. Uh, I can feel it through a computer screen, but I, I do I do feel it when you do get on social media and you tell, you know, you talk to the interwebs, you know, whatever it might be, but, um, that, that is really powerful. And, uh, I want to talk about NLP a little bit, but, um, you were talking about how you wanted to hide your story. Yeah. How did you move through that? How did you organize your story? How did you work through it? And where did you gain the courage and, face down the fear of being vulnerable and producing it and giving it. And how much has that defined your business, defined you and how people connect with you? You know, women in our life, I think that when you find the right one, when you find the right person that brings out everything in you, everything falls into place. I feel that behind every really strong man is an even stronger woman. And for me, that's my wife. I'll never forget like this. Like I've always, always wanted to be a motivational speaker. I've always wanted to coach people from, from the day that I started to see results in myself from pulling myself out of being a criminal to then having a career having that career taken away from me and then building another career from scratch in the corporate world with no experience and making my way through the ranks. And I said, wow, you know, how, how, how did I do it? I did it because I believed and I did it because I worked on myself and I want to, I want to give this to someone else, but they're not going to understand if I don't tell them the whole story. And I kept thinking to myself that I needed to achieve something amazing. So I spent years of my life talking about, you know, I want to just speak to people. I want to inspire people. I want to like, cause I was, I was a corporate person, you know, just to give you a little background, I was a corporate person, but before that I was a massage therapist. Oh, so when I way. got out of prison, when I was, when I got out of prison, my, my parole officer said, you have one of two choices. You go to school or you get a job. I did both. I went to school, I studied anatomy and physiology, I became a therapist, and I was working with a lot of athletes, I worked in a clinic, and then eventually I built up uh, enough clientele to where I rented out uh, an office of my own, and I, I shared that with an acupuncturist, and I was 
really doing well for myself. I did that for seven years, um, but I still had a felony. And when I hit 30 years old, the laws in New Jersey changed. Massage therapy went under the board of nursing and they did fingerprints and background checks for everyone, which they didn't do before. And even though I was good for seven years, I wasn't selling drugs and I wasn't going out getting in trouble, my license got stripped away from me. And literally, as a, as a therapist, that translates into nothing, literally nothing. And so I lost my, I remember it was like my 30th birthday and like September 1st was like the last day. My birthday is August 15th. They said, September 1st, you're no longer going to be able to be a therapist anymore. So, and at the same time, I had a relationship that completely like train wrecked. And I, I said, all right, I'm going to be a New York City businessman. No experience, no college degree, no nothing. I put on a suit every single day. I went to New York City. I was seven months without a job. I couldn't pay my rent at that point. I think they were coming to like repossess my car. And I'm 30 years old. You're supposed to be kicking ass in life. And I just, you know, I was on my own paying bills, no income. And I said to myself, I don't know what I'm going to be, but whatever I'm going to be, I'm going to be the best at it. And I got a job at a small recruiting agency, like really small. I didn't even know what recruiting was at the time, but I hustled my ass off. I worked from 7 a.m. till 11 at night. And I got, ended up getting hired by one of my clients, which was one of the largest ad agencies in the world. And that place is full of Ivy League, like just big academic credentials. I climbed over that whole mountain, outworking everyone and literally climbed to the top where at the end of my career, before I left to be a full-time entrepreneur, I was overseeing talent acquisition for five really big pharmaceutical advertising agencies. Um, but it's interesting because that whole time I felt like I haven't accomplished anything big. And so long, long answer to a short question how did like what made me move forward and decide to own my story and tell it is because I had all that, but I still felt that I need to accomplish something. So I would tell my wife all the time, I want to be a motivational speaker, but I need to accomplish something big first. And she said, do you, do you realize where you've been and what you've like, where you've arrived in your life? Do you realize everything that you've already accomplished? What is it more that you need? Just start telling your story. And she's the one that pushed me to do my podcast, The Art of Inspiration. And The Art of Inspiration was just me. And I ordered a cheap microphone off of Amazon, plugged it into my computer, and just started talking. And I told my whole story. And that's really, that was, that was me crawling out of my skin. It was my wife. If it wasn't for her, I'm, I, would not be where I am right now. I, I, I believe that, you know, she was the fire behind me that said, go do it. She said, you, when you talk, it lights people up, just go talk. So I grabbed the mic and started talking and here I am like almost four years later and I'm still talking. <laughs> dude, it's, um, I, I, I freaking love, dude. I got to regroup here. You are, you are speaking straight through all of my blocks right now. Um, Morgan, uh, I always joke and people are like, we had, we got married in a court and we real fast and we moved to New Jersey and, um, 
not without our challenges. We're both very strong-willed people. Uh, and we both operate out of different energies from time to time. And we're, it's funny because we talk about how, we just talked about this last night, how we took on more things than most people do. You know, we get married day late, a couple days later, you're moving, doing whatever. You find these places, you're moving to a new place, new jobs, milk, all these things, right? And, and last night we were talking about it, you know, whatever night was, doesn't matter. I, we were talking about how like even more than that, we are both shifting our energies into what is more true for ourselves. And now we're learning how to display that range of masculine, feminine, and really come into our own. And that may be more difficult than finding a job in a new place, living together, being married, like, you know, but I, I probably have to find a much nicer way of articulating it. But I always say marriage is a rip your face off experience because there is no hiding. There is zero hiding. And I mean that thing from, from, yeah, the good times and the bad times are all just times, you know, and, and it's, it's a, I cannot even begin to explain how much growth I have had as a man, as a human, uh, in myself, with her, with my family, all these things where I'm starting to prioritize things differently. And it's, uh, it's nice to hear you talk about that because I, I do feel like, man, there's, there's something bigger that like, it's not even marriage. It's, she's just sitting there going, be yourself be yourself and not even those words. It's just kind of exposed, exposed, exposed. And holy shit, man, I don't know if I kill this. And the greatest thing is you just keep leveling up and you have no choice. You know, you just, you just have no choice, but to keep showing up and keep doing it. So that's, that is really powerful stuff. Um, I'm glad that she has that, that ability to make you believe in yourself a little bit more, give you that push, right? Everybody needs a push, whether they want it or not. Yeah. Usually when we need that push is usually when we don't want that push. And it sounds kind of like that's what it was. And it was the thing that propelled you to start speaking and, and just be behind it. Cause it's, that is powerful stuff. Um, you know, one before, the before you ask me the, the next question, I mean, you, you touched on so many things that hit home for me as, as you were just kind of talking on a few different points. Um, like number one, it's, it's really interesting because, you can't hide when you're with someone and it's like, you are who you are. And that's the great part about it. Like my wife can tell you just, just last night, like I'm people see me. And for some reason people are like, Oh, he looks like a tough guy. I'm probably the biggest goofball that, you know, and I'm always goofing around. And just last night she said, I wish people could see the real you because I was dancing as I was like in the kitchen. <laughs> and, um, but what's, you know, what's interesting is that, like us, us together is that's, that's what makes it. There's no real me. It's always us. And the belief that she has in me is a reflection of the belief I have in myself. And I feel sometimes without that, I wouldn't be the person that I am. When I went to quit my job, I, I wanted to leave. I knew that corporate as, as great as an income as I was earning, I mean, things were really great, like taking vacations whenever we wanted, buying cars, living in a nice place. Things were great, but my soul was just done. I just knew I was meant for something more. So I knew I was going to leave, but when I was going to leave was the question. And I was actually on a group coaching call with my coaches and a bunch of other entrepreneurs, and they had a guest speaker who was talking about how she had a high level of career in finance and it was killing her 
and she was making a lot of money, but she just decided to walk out one day and become a coach. And as she's giving this speech, my coach who's in Florida and we're on the zoom call together, he's texting me and he's like, she's speaking to your soul. So this is a Thursday. I went to work that day, which was like basically on my computer on zoom meetings all day. And I didn't plan on quitting the next day. But after leaving that call, I knew I had to quit. And I walked downstairs, I took the call upstairs and I walked downstairs and I looked at my wife and I said, I think I'm gonna quit my job tomorrow. She didn't even blink. She said, do it. And she answered me so quickly that I had to kind of double back and, hey babe. <laughs> Did, did you, you catch me. that? <laughs> yeah. Did you catch that? I'm, I'm going to quit like my career, the thing that I've built for these past like seven, eight years. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to, I'm going to quit and I'm going to leave. And she looked at me and she just said, I, I believe in you. You should have been quit already. You need to start believing in yourself. And that for me, that, that was like the match that lit the gasoline that just fueled the fire of me. Like just let's roll, let's do this. Um, so yeah, having that, having that woman, that's my, that's my everything. And you know, that's, that's, that's my better half. That's the, that's the fuel that's inside my chest. Every time you see me on camera, every time you see me talking, that's the fuel. That's what keeps me burning. You know, it's like me and my love. And um, so there's the one part. The other thing that you touched on that really, really hit me was the masculine and the feminine energy. Because me, um, I guess it's because some people told me it's because I'm a Leo and I'm born in, in, you know, in the summer and I'm the fire sign. I have a lot of heat in me. Not, not to interrupt you, but when you said you were born on August 15th, I was going to interject and go, oh, we're fellow Leos. <laughs> Um, I've always had the grind until the wheels fall off mentality. I was, I used to be very Gary V like, okay, I have a side hustle and I have a job. When do I get my side hustle in? Whenever I'm not working on my day job. Yeah. So I started waking up at four 30 in the morning, writing my podcast, working on my business. Then it was a high level career in New York city. So I took an hour train ride into New York city worked for about 10 hours, took an hour train ride home. So it's a 12 hour day, scuffed down dinner, and then grinded out until midnight and then woke up at 4.30 again. Always on, no rest, let's get it in, let's hammer it home. And, and, and guess what, I realized that didn't work. Uh, <laughs> my, battery, my battery got totally drained out, yeah. totally drained. And I realized that the things that you do need to be energetically aligned and my last, business coach who I'm business partners with now really helped me see that listen you've been doing this thing hard and they're like we love your work ethic but maybe you should take a break <laughs> you know maybe you should relax and even my boss when I first started in the corporate world I went for two years and I didn't take a vacation he said you know you get vacation time he's like you're off you're off you're taking off and he's like, no, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. And so this, is, this was crazy. So I realized that, you, first of all, you have to recharge your battery. 
right? And you have to, like the part of the feminine energy is just to allow and let be. Realizing that, yes, you need to put in the work. So when you see me putting in the work, I am hyper-focused on the task that I'm doing. Whatever it is I'm doing, I'm nailing it home. And I'm going to work when I'm working. So when I'm working, it's like, get, get, get the fuck out of the way, right? Like you don't want to be in my way when I'm, when I'm, when I'm running towards one of my goals, you don't want to be in the middle of that. Cause I'm going to run right through you. But when I'm relaxing, it's the total opposite. Like I'm relaxing, I'm off, I'm off. I'm recharging the battery. I'm reconnecting and I'm allowing the work that I did to work its magic with no expectation of what's going to happen and just allowing the universe to make it, make it be. Man. Sorry. You didn't, well, dude, you didn't even ask me a question. You just hit some points. No, I had to touch on it. No, man. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to collect myself to keep this thing going. You, you are um, trying to figure out how to describe, describe this because a lot of what you're saying you were is something that I've recently stepped out of, you know, before I moved, got married and moved out to Jersey, I was the person that, yeah, I'll see you at four 30 in the morning and yeah, I'll be there at eight 30 at night. And I didn't have great habits, eating habits and all these things. But in between there, it was like, I'm going to train this. I'm going to train that. I'm going to do these. I'll put a client in there. I'm going to do that. You know, I worked in corporate and from six to three, and then I'd come home and I'd train the rest of the night and I'd be like, get your workout in at four 30. Okay. And now where I'm at, I, and I got a lot of that from my dad. My dad doesn't stop, but I also know that's part of what keeps him alive, keeps him moving, allows him to think through things. And a lot of it is stuff that he really wants to do. So I know that there, there is an alignment that can be seen as those things, but he also knows that, especially as he's getting older, he's going, I feel tired. Like, well, yeah, man, this has been like 60 years of your friggin' life like this. So pull back. But it's, I feel this very two heads butting against each other most days where I'm like, I'm not doing enough. And I may not be doing enough in the areas that I would like to be doing, but I've got so much fear that holds me back. So then I feel tired. I'm energetically drained trying to get into that alignment or to move through those fears to be able to get to the thing that aligns me partially because there's energy going yeah, but you could go be working for 30 bucks over here for a half hour. You could be going do that. And you're like, there's this energetic pull And Morgan and I were talking the other day about kind of making that shift into the, you know, more of a virtual uh, entrepreneurial side of thing. I mean, I'm in strength conditioning. I'm pretty much been my own boss for a long time, just working under someone else's business. But I said, I think one of my fears is that I don't know what the fuck to do when I'm not working, you know, like, Oh, you wake up, you do your morning routine. You're like, you usually got clients by five thirty, six in the morning. You're like, you relax. Uh, I don't have a call till two. Recharge. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you're like, what do you do with your time? What do you want to do? And I'm like, I don't know, because I've never filled my time with things that like I want to do. I filled my time with things that I'm like, you should just keep doing more, just do more. And so to me, that's, you know, I never understood what fear of success really meant, and then I started to understand what it means to, to what that really means of like there's a fear in who you have to become and continue to show up. There's responsibility there. So now I understand that. And now it's almost like there's a fear of like, what if this thing fucking take the gears catch and you're like, 
I, I only work 20 hours a week and it's all things I enjoy doing and I'm making more money I could have ever imagined. And you're like, yeah, but what about all the other time in the week? Anything you want, man, anything. And that's, that is something that I, I do believe that I'm starting to become aware of where it's like, that is a potential thing that holds you back because you're fearing like, what am I going to, I feel guilty. I feel shame when I'm not working all the time. So it, that is, um, I appreciate another thing I appreciate you saying because it just it feels like you are talking to um I feel like I'm coming out of and into a place that you were uh and it's funny that you were describing a lot of these things around 31 your early 30s and here I am in my early 30s so it's um very interesting I'm also married to a woman that's very strong and and uh people always said you know we always joke like people always are you sure as sure as you can be about anything and and at some point you've got to take a jump if that's the thing you're going to decide to do and this is what we have decided to do uh but i always said i'm never bored with her <laughs> whether it's something we're doing exciting or i feel challenged i feel inspired by her and she always makes me feel more confident and it's not that like she's the reason i'm doing something she just kind of when i'm feeling down she just kind of looks at me and goes you you just need to go do it you're like ah shit but kind of the same thing I've mentioned about like, oh, I'm going to quit this. And she just goes, yeah, I've been waiting for that. Now I haven't pulled my trigger, but it is kind of like that moment of like, no, no, no. I said, I, I'm going to quit. And yeah, great. No, I don't, whatever. Just do whatever you got to do. I don't, I don't care. I support you. We're here. We're good. We'll figure it out. And you're like, holy shit, man. That's now, now it's, it's kind of like saying you're going to do something and the opportunity is showing up and you're like, uh, this is on me now. Like this is truly on me. I've got to take responsibility and make your decision. So it is kind of fascinating how that works and kind of makes me feel a little bit calmer about where I'm at. Cause I'm uh, talking to you. I'm like, all right, there, there's, there's some hope and there's some possibility and it's really, are you going to take the bull by the horn at that point? But, um, some things that you, you've posted about recently, some, some just topics, um, owning your value. We've kind of talked about that but you've talked about like never settling and I have a feeling it goes into another comp, uh, topic that you talk about where love do all things through love. Right. So I imagine that owning your value comes down to a little bit of, are you, are you coming from a place of love and are you in your heart? And, and maybe you can kind of just talk about that. Like this, this three headed monster of own your value, do all things through love and tapping into your potential. Everything for me, stems with love. I think that if you have a heart-centered approach to anything that you do in your life, it could be sales, it could be working out, it could be nutrition, anything that you do that you put your heart into, like your true heart, like when you're energetically aligned and you're doing it because it feels right, that is always going to provide amazing results for you. Whether it's in your business, if you're energetically aligned, it could be in sales. When you come from a place of heart-centered sales, it's going to work for you, right? When you put love in your heart first, when you're on the phone and you're talking to someone and you know that you have knowledge that you can give them that's going to answer one of their questions and solve one of their problems, it's no longer, hey, this is a sleazy sales call. This is coming from a place of love. This is how I build my business. I understand people's challenges. I reflect. I ask them a ton of questions. 
can I actually help you build your business from where you are right now to get to where you want to go? If the answer is yes, if I'm coming from the heart, I need to be there to serve you. How can I be of service to you? Right. When I, when I work out, right. When I, when I just get up and I go out for a run, it's because deep inside, I love myself and I, I want to push my human potential, right? From everything I've been through, I want to push that to the max. I want to be sharp. I want to be focused. I want to be athletic. I want to be a competitor. I'm 38 years old. Try to outrun me. I'll bury you. That's, that's my mentality when I wake up in the morning and I get up and I start getting at it, right? But that all comes from a place of me loving myself, right? And owning my value, owning if you truly believe in yourself, if you love yourself. So, so many people, so many people go out there and they do what the rest of the world is doing. I work a lot with other coaches who see what other coaches are doing and they say, oh, well, this coach is charging $150 an hour for coaching. So I'm going to charge $125 and I'm going to beat them. What is your price have like? anything to do with your like your value so much what does it have to do with your value everything so why are you negotiating your value if you love yourself and you're serving someone at a heartfelt level own your value you never need to compete with anyone else in the marketplace this world is incredibly abundant you just have to understand what value you bring to the table and you bring value to the table based on the transformation that you can give to somebody in your business, right? It doesn't matter what business you have. You can be in contracting and you build houses, right? So there are some contractors out there that make $200,000 a year. There's some contractors out there that make $200 million a year. What is the difference? It's the problem that they solve. I can build you the most unique mansion that nobody has ever seen before. And I can do this just for you. You tell me exactly how you want it. So you're solving a problem for someone, right? So owning your expertise, right? Believing in yourself, understanding that you are a valuable human being. You don't need to cut your prices, right? You don't need to diminish your value to fit somebody else's wallet, period. Because there's always a return on investment. If you invest in me or you or any product or service, you're expecting something in return. And if you have an ability to add value to somebody's life that's going to take them further along in their journey, you need to own that. You need to realize the potential that you have. Love yourself. Look in the mirror and understand your greatness. And never put it on sale. You put the price. You never settle. It's that simple. You talk a lot about belief right there. And this is, this is a, a, a place of struggle for me. Um, and I wrote down, I don't know what, exactly what you said, but I, I had a question of, did you or do you struggle with feeling deserving or worthy 
of maybe the financial, I'm trying to figure out how I want to word this whole thing. Let's just label it as do you did, do you, or did you struggle with feeling deserving or worthy in self, but also then creating that belief that you are the expert and you have that capability to help. Cause I think deep down, we all think this, you know, I think that's the reason that, you know, we're sitting here or we start even Googling, how do I create this? How do I, you know, I think deep down beneath that story, we all think we have the worth or the capability to really impact lives. How do you take that cover off and let that thing flow? Because you talk about the abundance mindset, which is something I have written down, want to talk about. But that belief in self to become or be known as the expert, to accept yourself as the expert. What did, did you struggle with that prior? And how did you really do the work? What work did you do to open that lid up and never close it again? Yeah, I think that's something that I've struggled with. And, and I will continue to struggle with because I'm always pushing the bar. I'm always pushing the bar on what it is I can do in my life. So where I'm at right now, like I feel comfortable, which for me is a sign that it's time to get moving on to a new goal. And as I'm moving towards that new goal, it's going to come up again. Can I actually do this? Am I worthy of this? Is it possible? Because I stretch. I really stretch. I push my goals so far out that they scare the life out of me. And so many of the people that I coach, whether they're just getting a business started or they're kind of in the middle of their business and they want to expand. And I say, hey, listen, one of the first things I tell people is you need to own your value. Like own your value. Why, why are you like putting yourself on sale and why are you trying to compete with these other people who, you know, who are getting clients for $80 an hour when you're worth more than that? And you, you don't break through that fear, right? You don't, you don't conquer that fear. That's, I, I believe that's a, a misbelief. I believe success lies in your ability to move forward in spite of fear. And you will build potential through action. You have a certain potential right now to be able to impact lives, but that potential will remain the same if you never act. So for me, I was always, I was always scared. I remember getting a client for the first time ever and saying, I'm freaking out right now. This person just paid me and now I'm responsible for their business, which is their life. And it's in my palms. And that freaks you out. And I said to myself, do I even have what it takes? Can I even do this? And you struggle with that. And so the fear is there. But are you willing to stare down into the dark forest and walk forward in spite of all of that? And you'll realize that through your action, you will produce results. And those results will reaffirm that, yeah, you know what? You are really good at what you do. And you need to be able to shift your focus on the feedback that life is giving you that you are indeed kicking ass at the things that you are doing. You have learned so much throughout your life you need to you need to just keep kicking ass. You need to take all that knowledge, give it to someone else, watch the results that they get, listen to the feedback that they give you, and take that. Take that as your evidence that you are good enough 
you are deserving and you are worthy. But without the action, without the action, you're never going to build the belief. You don't build the belief to swim standing on the side of a pool looking at the water. You build the belief when somebody pushes you in and you are forced to start swimming. And the funny part is when you hit the water, right, and it's sink or swim, you'll realize you're a really good swimmer. Things will come out of you that you never knew were there. The human potential is unlimited. And I feel that we place these boundaries on ourselves based on things that we've learned in the past, the way that we grew up, things that our parents or our uncles or aunts told us when we were like 7, 11, or 15 years old, and we make that our world and our reality, right? It's the same thing with your work. Your work, you're saying to yourself, oh, I need to work 40 hours a week at least just to, just to call it a work week, but I really need to work 50. Who came up with that garbage? That's not the way you're supposed to live your life. You're supposed to work a little bit and enjoy a lot. When you're working, dig in, be hyper-focused, create transformations for people that completely change their lives, right? But what do you do with the rest of your time? You, in, you invest that in you. And if investing in you is going for a bike ride, going to the gym, or just doing nothing, that's what you should be doing. Like we're... I believe like we're human beings. We're not put here to be work machines on this treadmill, chugging and churning things out. You're here to serve a higher purpose. And that higher purpose doesn't need to be served inside of a cubicle or an office or wherever your workstation is for 40, 50, 60 hours a week. And then enjoying yourself for 48 hours on the weekend. It's not even that <laughs> Sunday morning. You wake up and fuck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is no life. So you need to act, right? You need to act. You, there's, the fear will be there. You, your ability to move forward through the fear is what is going to build the belief because you are going to receive feedback from either other people or life itself. What are you doing? And is it working? And most of the time it is. And you need to collect that feedback and that's what you listen to. You need to be able to redirect your thoughts. And when you start saying, I don't know if I can do this. I don't, I don't know if this is real. Hey, listen, shut that off and look at what people just wrote in front of you. What did they write? Hey, you're awesome. This, this created a transformation for me. Thank you so much. You really changed my life. This is amazing. Thank you for this. Focus on that. Focus on the difference that you make in the world. That's going to help you own your value. And as you stretch your goals even farther, you're going to come through that fear again, and you're going to be walking down the dark forest. It's your ability to move through that fear in spite of that fear, collecting the feedback along the way that you are indeed worthy and able to do the things that you do at a really high level and to change somebody else's life. And what do you do with the rest of your time when you're earning a lot of money and working a little bit of time? You are living. Period. I love that. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, you do uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. 
So you just brought up um, investment. <clears throat> At some point, I want to try and talk about NLP, but we'll see. If, maybe we'll maybe we'll just have a text of conversation about that. But um, you're just talking about investing in self and how that doesn't always have to look fine, like as as financial. You know, and we always think investment. It's got to be putting ten thousand dollars in a coach or whatever. But it could be the gym. It could be eating healthy food. It could be going for a walk. Any input that just makes you feel good. Um, when you say building an abundance mindset and investing, we talked about how it seems that people in general have a hard time investing themselves, let alone men. Men seem to have this really big difficulty. I'm speaking for myself. How has Brazilian jiu-jitsu helped you build more of an abundance mindset and tackle the challenges, but also learn about what investing in self means and how it's not always, sometimes the investment is getting your shit beaten. You know, I, I can attack this from so many different angles. Um, uh, black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I've trained over 15 years, competed at a very high level, um, took silver in a national tournament. So was at one point among one of the top competitors out there, uh, trained under Henzo Gracie, have earned my stripes along the way. And when I say earn my stripes, I mean not my black belt, um, that's, that's an utter honor, which I train amongst, uh, you look at team Henzo Gracie, some of the top competitors in the world come out of Henzo Gracie Academy. And right now, if I were to walk into my school, the number two grappler in the world is in there waiting to, to wrestle with me. So I don't even think that I deserve a black belt when you are standing around such high caliber athletes. But I look at the stripes that I earned along the way, completely shredded my knee into pieces in, in a tournament, um, was told I'll never be able to compete again. And I was going to require surgery. All my tendons stretched out. They didn't snap, but they said, listen, you have spaghetti holding your leg together. We need to cut them and tie them together just to hold your leg in place. And I decided not to go that route, right? I tore my labrum. I snapped my finger in half in the middle of practice. All of these things, right? You look at that as an investment. Nothing worth going after in life is going to be easy. I wouldn't take back any one of those injuries, any one of the falls in, in the mat, off the mat, in life, anywhere. You want to reach something that's great. Yes, I believe in the masculine, feminine energy, right? You go hard and you relax. You go hard and relax. But when you're going hard, you need to go hard. You need to fucking put the hammer down, buckle up, and get ready. And be willing to put everything out there. Leave your heart on the mat. And for jiu-jitsu, I represent Henzo Gracie. I'm a very humble person. But if you step on the mat with me, you better be ready because I'm going to fucking run at you like a train, period, right? With all the respect in the world, but you're getting hit hard. And if you don't know how to fight, you're going to get hurt. And that's how I look at the challenges in my life. Jiu-Jitsu has given me that mentality where I'm humble. I understand what I'm going up against and I have respect for it. But I also have the belief that even if I'm just chiseling a little bit, if I keep going, if I keep being persistent, I'm going to reach my goal, a.k.a. get my black belt, earn my stripes, 
right? And it's exhausting sometimes to get there, but it's worth it. Jiu-Jitsu has taught me to be a gentleman. It's taught me humility. It's taught me to pause and stop and just look at life, turn around, maybe grab the bags for the old lady in the supermarket that can't get to her car. Maybe just stop walking and take the headphones off and put the phone away and look around at life. Show more compassion to the person that's next to you. Be a more humble person. Carry your confidence with you, but no one to tuck it in your back pocket. And in jujitsu, there's always love. Doesn't matter what happens. There's always a handshake and a hug. And so whether it's my teammates or whether it's a competitor, there's always love in, in what you do. No matter how hard you're going and no matter what your goal is, there's love in it. I'm trying to choke you out, but guess what? You stepped on the mat with me. I pay homage and respect to that. Just like I pay homage and respect to the challenges in my life. So the investment in jujitsu is, as I've, I've invested my body, you know, there's, there's things, <laughs> there's things in me right now that are broken, but what is the return on that investment? is a life that is unimaginable, right? And now I can take that, all that, you know, and let's, let's, let's flip it on the other side, right? What does it actually mean to invest in yourself? Because when you invest in yourself, you're saying, I'm, I'm giving you a paycheck. I'm giving you one of my paychecks, right? And I'm, I'm expecting a certain result. I think for men in particular, men, myself, tend to have large egos. And we always want to say, I got this, I can do this. But in reality, if you want to get somewhere in life and you don't want to spend 10 years getting there, you have an ability to collapse time by investing in someone that has already been there. And investing is typically a hard thing because one, it's financial, and two, it damages your ego. I'm giving you, hey, listen, I'm paying homage to you. You have more information than me. I'd like to purchase it from you. But I don't know anyone who is great at anything who hasn't invested in themselves. If you want to learn a little bit and you want to skip a week or two in your life, you buy a book, right? If you want to skip a year in your business or in your training or in your mental capacity, you buy a group course and you get in with some people who are all heading in the same direction as you. If you want to collapse five to 10 years of your life, invest in a business coach, invest in a performance coach, invest in you at a high level. And it's all about the return on investment. Just like the return on investment for jujitsu for me, I gave like my time, my energy, my attention, my body, right? It's given me everything in return. All the tens of thousands of dollars that I spent when I was freaking out and cutting a check to a coach to help me build my business. Hey, guess what? I'm an entrepreneur now. I walked away from a high-level corporate career and I'm working on, on my own, running my own business and thriving, right? So you have to be willing to shove your ego in your back pocket, realize that other people know more than you, and that's a good thing. 
It's the knowledge ladder because there's always going to be more to learn. And you have an opportunity to level up in your life by learning from somebody else. And when you learn from someone else, your business doesn't take a decade to build. It could take 18 months or a year. You will literally fold time on top of itself by reaching out, investing in yourself, getting knowledge from someone who's been there and having them walk you through step-by-step how you can get to your desired result. And there's nothing like it. Nothing, bar none. I will always have mentors in my life. I know the top of the top of anything. You look at Michael Phelps, best, arguably one of the best athletes in the world. He had a coach. That guy probably couldn't swim half as good as Michael Phelps, but he was an awesome coach. Every single person out there, you're a top CEO, you're a top businessman, you're a top athletic performer. I don't care what you do. You're coached by someone. So shove your ego in your back pocket, invest in you. It'll be the best thing that you've ever done in your life, period. I love it, dude. We, uh, <clears throat> we have a saying in, in Power Athlete, uh, one of the communities of strength and conditioning I'm in, coach needs a coach. And so when I'm starting to feel like insecure about like, Am I the expert? Can I be the expert? What do I have to offer? Are people going to come to me? And I think, what the hell's the point of a coach from more of the trying to tell myself I'm not good enough, pull myself into that fear and go, yeah, I don't want to do anything. I remember the people that I respect the most in those situations. I'm like, their whole thing is coach needs a coach. Be the coach to somebody. Somebody needs your help regardless of what you do, where you're at. And, and it's not always an easy thing to remember. You know, that is, it. like you said, it's hard to really think about like, holy shit, their life is in my hands because their paycheck or their health or whatever it may be is their livelihood. It, it's the basis. And, and now they're trusting me. Like, that's a lot to show for. That's the fear of success right there. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's wild. Man, this has been powerful for me. It's been very, very powerful. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, I can't, I, I mean, I feel like I could probably talk to you forever, but I, I feel like it's a good jumping off point because I don't know if I have the capacity in my mind to put this together anymore. You, you have, you have um, touched the depths of, of my soul here where I'm like, ah, I feel called out. I feel fucking called out, which is a good thing. It's a, it's a very good thing, man. Um, where can people find you? Um. I'm on, I'm on Facebook, uh, but the best place to get me is on, on Instagram at Raf Um, very active on there, have a nice community of, of everyone I follow and that follows me are just inspired people. So I used to actually, before I started my business, I was never on social media. I was on LinkedIn because I was in the corporate world, but that was it. And the only reason I ever got on, I, so I never had a Facebook back in the day, um, I started it for my business and I realized that it's an excellent opportunity to like you and I connected to connect with other people who are driven in the same direction. So if you want to be inspired, come over to my page, connect with me, connect with the people that follow me um, like yourself, just a, a really amazing group of people. It, uh, inspiring is something you do very, very well. Um, I appreciate it and, and appreciate your time, man. Uh, my last question I ask everybody, when it's all said and done, 
what's it going to mean for you to be able to say that you lived a life well done? Time and people. That's what means everything to me. So, um, I, I, I say this all the time. Everyone has a different definition of what success means to them. You have one opportunity, one. And if you're listening to this, this is your opportunity. One opportunity to walk on this planet. Now, when you're 70, 80, 90, 100 years old, when you look back, what are you going to say about the life that you lived, right? What actually matters? It's not about the money. It's not about all the wild shit that you did. You'll worry about the things that you didn't do, the people that you didn't connect with. Regret is one of the worst things you'll ever live with in your life, but fulfillment is everything. And if you spend your time doing the things that light you up next to the people that mean the most to you, there's nothing in this world that can ever beat that. No amount of money, no amount of fame, celebrity, followers, likes, comments, anything. Do the things that you love. That's a life defined for me. And with that, <laughs> I think that's good right there, dude. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this has been, this has been awesome. I, I, I wish I had a deeper word for it. Awesome doesn't do it justice, but we'll just call it awesome for right now. This is, this is, I'll take it. Awesome works for me, man. I got a lot to think about after this one. This is good. So, uh, Rafa, appreciate your time, man. All, all the best to you. And hopefully at some point here, we can, uh, physically, uh, meet up. And, Absolutely. Uh, my man. Talk some shop. Let's all do right. it. Absolutely. I'll talk to you. Have a good one.